This is important information. Ready, set, and begin. Who better to talk about the MLS in the Twin Cities than the head coach of your hometown United? All incredible things to look forward to. Now, courtesy of Heineken, this is the Adrian Heath Show. Quintero with a Minnesota goal! The Adrian Heath Show. Oh, what a save by Shuttleworth! Oh, my! Hosted by former player and now loon sideline reporter Jamie Watson. Check this out! Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken here on 1500 ESPN. I am your host, Jamie Watson, guiding you through the next hour as we talk all things Minnesota United with the head coach himself, a very happy head coach of Minnesota United. Happier. Happier, yeah. Adrian Heath, welcome. How are you? I'm good. Always good after, as we said last week, always good after a a victory at the weekend. Yeah, so... uh, no, it's been a it's been a good few weeks for us. Well, last time we left the left the listeners, we had two games left to go, and so it wasn't just one win that got you in a good mood. It was two. It was three games in eight days for Minnesota United, and it couldn't have gone any better. Adrian, three wins in a row. Congratulations, first and foremost, on a nine point week, the first in club yeah. history. Congratulations! Yeah, it was it was good. I was I was so pleased for the uh, for the players because, you know, we had the disappointment of the the Dallas game where I thought we certainly deserved something from the game, and we set ourselves a total of nine points. Quietly or secretly, I might have settled for seven, but um, for the for the players to respond the way they did and to come back with nine, and also I have to mention the crowd. We had three sellouts. Three sellouts in a row. It was fantastic, and um, and they opened up the uh, the upper deck. Yeah. about eight sections for the game against uh, New England Revolution on yeah. Wednesday. That's right. And so that was a pretty good crowd as well. Twenty seven thousand, I believe, for that one. Yeah. So you know, it, it's been a great week for the club because obviously with all that, you know, I know Chris Wright sent a little memo out to the staff and everything saying what a great week it's been because people forget it's been a great week for the for the players, but. For the other people who work in the club, people in the front office, they've got so much to do with three games in a week. So, you know, hats off to them. Everybody had a great week last week, and uh, now we have to build on that. Yeah, spirits were really high at the Minnesota United World Headquarters in Golden Valley this week. Monday, as we came in, it's a little bit easier to come into the office on Monday morning after your team does it. So, a collective it. thank you from everyone <laughs> over in Golden Valley. Uh, quickly, let's let's touch back. I know the the big one that we are itching to talk about, to dying to talk about, is Sunday's 5-1 result against LAFC. But we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Wednesday night against New England Revolution. Christian mm-hmm. Ramirez in the fifth minute, getting a goal early. Darwin Quintero right before halftime. The stroke of halftime, a wonderful individual effort. Makes it 2-0 going into half. Then in the 52nd minute, a penalty for Diego Fagundes. He scores. Uh, then Minnesota United holds on from there on out. Sees out a 2-1 win. Uh, as you look back on that one, uh, I know the LAFC game is a little bit more fresh in everyone's mind, but... For listeners of the Adrian Heath show, we haven't gotten a chance to talk about that one yet. So yeah. uh, give us your thoughts on that game as you look back on it. Christian Ramirez breaking his yeah. goal-scoring drought starting the him. week off. It was good for him to get back on the score sheet because, you know, having been a guy who's, who's made his living at that end of the field, scoring and make it, trying to score and make goals, you know, people can talk as much as they want. It does affect your confidence when you're going a, a, long, a long while without scoring a goal. and So it... It didn't surprise me that he went and got a couple the, the game after because that's what happens with strikers. Sometimes they get in this little run where they're actually, 
you know, you don't really you think, you know, we're going to get a goal. It doesn't look like goals around the corner. Then maybe a lucky goal, a fluky goal, whatever comes your way. And then before you know where you are, you're off on a really good run. So the strange thing about the Salt Lake, uh, the, the, uh, the Revs game, I thought they were one of the most physical teams that we played this year. And I thought they, they had us on the back foot for a long time during the game. So for us to hold out, once we give that cheap penalty away, which it was, you know, uh, Alexi Gomez doesn't have any chance of getting the ball. The, the guy's running out of the penalty area. He's running to the byline. The last six inches of the box on yeah. the inline. And, you know, yeah. just stay goal side and let him do it. But the response of the, to see the game out was terrific. And um, even this weekend, I think if you, after the game, one of my quotes was, I, I got as much satisfaction of seeing the game out at 5-1 than I, than I did getting the five goals. Because five, five is not very, it doesn't happen very often. But for us to then go a long period of time under pressure against a really good attacking team to see it out again and not concede, I took a lot of satisfaction out of that. One last question I'll ask you about this before we move on to LAFC. As we're talking Adrian Heath recapping the win Wednesday night, last Wednesday night against the New England Revolution. You said you were a former goal scorer. You made your living off of that. Scored yeah. a ton of goals in a variety of different ways. When you look at the two goals, Christian Ramirez anticipating that the center back might try to head it back to his uh-huh. keeper, reads the play, then goes on, gives yeah. a little dink over, a little yeah. chip over Matt Turner, as opposed to Darwin Quintero, who gets in the box, then dribbles five guys in the box from a tight angle, bangs it off the post and in, an incredible goal. Which did you? Which do you like better out of the two? And I'll put you on the spot a little bit, because one is, is reading the defender going right, I know what you're going to do, and... I'm going to be one step ahead and then a cheeky little yeah. chip over. The second one is instinctual and just given what the game gives you, he starts to weave through and then he hits, puts his foot through it. I mean, it's both are great goals. Which well, do you like though? Well, I, obviously as an individual, you like it when you get the ball and you beat a couple of men and you look to shoot and then you go again. But you know, like you said, Christian actually read the play, realized that the flight to the ball, that the, the guy isn't either going to, if he wants to back at it, he's not going to be able to get enough on it. So that in its own way is a, is, a, is a real art and a real skill. But you know, the crazy thing is, you know, when you look back over your career, I can probably remember two goals, but I can remember how many you scored. Yeah. And nobody cares, do they? They go, right. yeah, how many goals did you get? And you go, I got 50. Nobody cares if, if 49 of them were <laughs> tap-ins from a yard. Yeah. People just remember that you got 50 goals or whatever you got. So, and I'm sure, you know, Christian he would have accepted like his first one the other day which people would go it wasn't a great goal it was a sort of bobbling ball in the penalty area he was first to react he was first to react and he took it under the goalkeeper now he'll have got as much pleasure out of that goal trust me yeah getting on the roll again as, as he would as if he'd have volleyed one in from 25 yards so right. you know as, as, and as the coach just can come in any way they come I'm not too bothered <laughs> you're, they're both your favourite then <laughs> yeah, is what you're yeah, saying exactly. alright so let's move on then LAFC this was a match that, when you just said a minute ago, secretly, I take seven points. I'm assuming, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that probably means you would have expected a win against Real Salt Lake, New New England Revolution. But then you get this almighty attacking force that is LAFC. And that maybe I'm going to assume, might have been the game that you yeah. meant I would take the point from. Because 41 goals on the season, second most in MLS. I mean, this this is a team that even though they set... Carlos Vela kept him back in, in L.A. They set uh, Adama Diamande on the bench, who had nine goals through eight games, uh, incredible strike rate. They still started three players. That was Marco Arena, Diego Rossi, Latif Blessing. That front three is just as good yeah. as any other three, and you'd argue that they are probably the bottom three of the five that they have to choose from. So 
what I'm saying is, is, is their attack is so potent. Yep. Going into this, this was always going to be a difficult match. Well, I actually thought it was the first goal was going to be crucial because I thought it was going to be a really tight affair. Right. So the strange thing is that I even said this pre-game. I knew that they would cause us problems going forward. They were going to get their chances. They because, were always going because to get them. that's the way they, the nature of the way they play. You know, they've got great little players in, in little holes. Rossi doesn't play wide. Even if he plays wide, he comes in them little pockets underneath. Benny Philharbour, always been good in the opposing half of the field to pick a pass, to have the shot. Had a couple of good, big efforts. That Got Bobby, on the scoreboard. That, that, yeah, and Bobby came up with a big say. But for me, the most important thing is, I thought we set up well against them attacking-wise. Yeah. And I said before the game that if we don't give much away, I think we're capable of scoring goals against LAFC. Because I don't know if you remember the game back there. I do. We had two or three great chances You're in You're talking that about game. May 9th, it was 2-0, was the, was the end result, yet... You had a couple of really good chances that went at just inches, twice. by the way. Yep. Yeah, and you know, so... Early on, I think, what, who was it? Darwin hit the post early yeah, on. They hit the post, then we hit the post within and, a minute back. And then Miguel Ibarra had a great chance. With yes, one-on-one. Should have tried to dink it yeah. over and said, put it into Tyler Miller, yeah. And even the games that they've played recently, we obviously we watched two or three games before every team that we play. The one thing that stuck out is that they are very, very good going forward. And, and, and that is an issue for you, because if you go too far behind against them and then overcommit... Then they catch you on the counter attack with course. them because they've got great pace, got great vision, you know. So I, I was so pleased that we, but we managed, and you hear me say this so many times on the show and in dressing rooms, scoring at the appropriate time is so important. And what do you what do you mean by that? For those, uh, there's a lot of people that are going to know what you mean by that. But for those, if you're listening, what do you mean by the appropriate time? Well, you can be one nil down, and then you get the game going, then you're in the ascendancy. The last thing that you need to do then is concede a goal on the counter-attack because it changes the whole complex again. Like it did, like it did in Sunday night yes, because we scored first early on. Yeah. They scored so quickly back at 90 seconds. The stadium went from this yeah. electric atmosphere to it almost was deflated. Well, that's what happens. And, that, and goals change games. All these saying in football. So when you have them moments when you're in the ascendancy, you're playing well, you've got the crowd involved in the game, you've had a couple of corners, you, you know, sustained attacks. That is when you need to get the goal. Because not only does it even fill you with more confidence and keeps the crowd engaged, it, it's another hammer blow for the team on the road. And the other night against LA, I just felt that every time that we you know, we got a little bit of a head of steam up, we went and sort of solidified that by getting a goal. And, you know, as I say, you, you can never score at the wrong time, but certainly sometimes are more important than others. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really exciting. So we... We actually have a lot more that I want to dissect about this because there's there's five goals to go through. There's a couple individual performances I want to talk about, but we're up against a break. So here's what we're going to do. When we come back to the Adrian Heath Show, we're going to continue to discuss the LAFC result, big result, maybe one of the best in club history. We'll get your thoughts on that. Was it the best one in club history? We'll hear Adrian Heath's yeah. thoughts when we return right here on 1500 ESPN. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Adrian, as what? always... By the way, you're talking over the intro. Well, you've been so good at guessing the songs lately that I've got to try to even the playing field here. I don't think you're going to know this one. As always, we have Adrian guess what the song is. Bumper music as we come back. I don't... This will be my year. I don't know why. You ever heard of Semisonic? Yeah. Okay. 
Oh, yeah, just finish it as I start to say Semisonic, it. Semisonic, yeah. Semisonic. And then uh, this will be my year? Yeah, that's the one, yeah. I did say this will be my year. And you tried to get me the other week on Dobie Gray. I've still not forgotten it. <laughs> Manny, it's unbelievable. I feel like this guy just, how does he know these? I have no idea. Is he is he in our text conversations with you, me, Brad Lane? Well, Brad, Brad did send us a text. He sent it to me and you, I think. Yes, I don't think he was copied on it for for tonight, and I don't know. I'm I'm trying. I gotta. I need to check and see if Adrian was included accidentally. Were you blind CC'd on this? I don't even know if that's a day. Somewhere, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna text Brad right now, wherever he is on vacation right now. He is gonna be super mad that you got it. I'm just gonna give an update all night, Adrian. One for one. He's gonna get madder and madder as the evening goes on. I didn't get. I I think I might have got semisonic, but I, I knew this song. Yeah. You got it as I was saying. I do it, get so. the sense he's going to get the next one, though. I think so as well, too. Yeah. We'll look forward to the that. The next as... one's a little bit more of an obvious Yeah, I think so as well. That'll be coming up in the next break. But for now, Adrian, yeah. we are recapping an incredible week that was for Minnesota United. Another jam-packed show. We're talking two games from last week. We're going to talk continually about Minnesota United. Wrap up LAFC in this segment. We've got a lot of transfer news to get to around MLS. Uh, some new faces have shown up. In Blaine at the National Sports Center training ground this uh-huh. week. Uh, we've got a lot more to get into, but what I want to do is continue on, finish up what we were talking about with LAFC, because you had really, you had explained it really well about goals coming at the right times uh, in games and what that had meant. I'd be remiss to say if it wasn't for Bobby Shuttleworth in the first 10, 15 minutes, because there was a lot of pressure, I think four or five corner kicks for LAFC to start the game off. Bobby Shuttleworth made two incredible full-stretch saves, one on Mark Anthony K, one on Benny Failhaber. And then even though I got the sense that even though there were five corner kicks, there never really seemed to be a sense of panic from your team defensively on set pieces. Were you happy with Bobby's performance in the first game? I mean, obviously throughout the game, but in the first 15 minutes. And then your team defensively on set pieces, because that's been a big talking point, a buzzword around these parts. Well, we... And you know the amount of work that we've put into them. We've slightly changed one or two things a little bit between marking man for man and marking zonally. So and what we, you mean by that is you spend about 20 minutes at training, which is the most boring part to watch training because you spend, well, you're so meticulous for 20 minutes on where people are standing. Go on. I didn't, that's no, side, no, sidebar no, there. Nobody says, but in, in it's, it's the stuff that if you're not careful, you can very easily overlook. And hey, do you, you think coaches enjoying it as well? For another corner, <laughs> and another corner. Now it, it's one of them things that none of us enjoy doing over and over again. But when you start to get the sort of heat that we were getting before conceding goals, then you have to do something about it. So we've spent time doing it. Back to Bobby. So I think that the most important thing is because of the way that Bobby is, I expect him to make the save against Kay. And Benny Fielhaber. I expect that one. Because those are ridiculous saves, if we're being honest. But do you remember the save against Salt, uh, against the Revs near post? Stephen Caldwell about the 68th, 70th minute, no, maybe the, even later on in the game. I think it was. No, they're game-changing. They're game-saving. To set the scene, it yes. was 2-1. Minnesota United was up. Exactly. A cross comes in, uh, I think, from their, their left back, left. the, the uh, designated player who came on. Yeah. Whips it in, Stephen Caldwell beats the man to the near post, and it looks a certain goal. But Bobby's reactions are incredible. Not only that, saves it on the line, on it, saves it in, and falls on it and gets in. No, they're the, they're the difference makers, because that then goes to 2-2. Two, two. 
and then they've got all the initiative. They've got all the, you know, everything's going in their favour. They're piling on. The kind of save that wins you points. Exactly. And and goalkeepers know that they are the big saves to make. The ones that look sometimes look flashy for everybody. We always come and get the camera out, Bob, and yeah. for the goalkeepers. <laughs> You know, they, they, they look good, but they are the stuff that they expect to save. But when it's re- reflexes, when it's deflections, when it's really low and hard down by their feet, they are the saves that make a huge, huge difference. And Bobby, it, it, when we've needed him in this last two or three weeks, has come up big on that side. He's been incredible. And then we'll get into the goals just momentarily. Brent Coleman and Colin Warner. Mm-hmm. Colin Warner is a name that we don't normally throw out here because when he does his job, it's very under the radar. Yep. You don't really see a lot of it. He has been a steady, consistent plug at that defensive midfielder spot for you. And then Brent Coleman, since he got his first introduction when Francisco Calvo went away to the World Cup, those two players have almost made this 3-5-2 formation. They've been part of the reason it's been your go-to for the last month or so because of their performances. Yeah, and at the end of the day... You know, I told the story about Colin Warner. I think tells you everything about him as a professional. Came to see me. First thing he says, I've not come here to tell you that I should be in the team. As people do, as you used to do. He used to come in and see me and go, I should be in the team. And I go, why do you think you should be in the team? And we go I wasn't ready for that one. I'd be like, well, <laughs> come on, man. Like, <laughs> come on. I don't yeah. want to go on the bench. That's why. Yeah. And uh, he came to see me and just basically said, hey, I'm not coming to tell you wrong or, or you, you know, your team selection's wrong or the formation. All I want you to know is I'm fully committed and I'm there and I'm ready if you need me. Spoke volumes about him. Well, didn't deflect it on other people, didn't think about I'm better than him. Just come in and spoke about what he was prepared to do when he's got his opportunity. Then you get your opportunity, you have to take it, which is what he's done. And Brent, exactly the same. He's come in and got better and better and he's now playing like Brent Coleman was when I thought after about a third of the season last year, this kid's, kid's going to have a really bright future in the MLS. I don't know if you remember later on when they had the breakaway, when Diamande came and Brent and shoved yeah. him out of play. What a, what a, a one-on-one defensive play. Great defending, sort of as good as you'll see. Never overcommitted, moved his feet nice and quick, shoved him out wide, made him go away from goal, and eventually the guy runs it out of play. Little things, but hey, the pair of them have been terrific in the last few weeks. If you are a young player who wants to be a defender and you want to make it to the next level, the play Brent Coleman made that you just referenced against Adama Diamande is something you should watch, you should study. It is something that every defender, as you're learning to not commit, not fall for a fake, not dive in, not yeah. go to ground to make a slide tackle. But always working the ball, that you're making them make decisions to take it one way or the other, and then closing again. And, you know, it was perfect defending and moving his feet so quickly that the guy never thought, I can get a shot off here. Yeah. And eventually he ran it out Just of ran play. out of space. Yeah, it's, it was great defending. So now we'll go to the attacking side of things as we're talking LAFC with Adrian Heath here on the Adrian Heath Show. Rasmus Schuler. Yeah. He's been a new man this year yeah. since coming back after he started 2017 here, went back on loan, back to Finland. He's come back, started 11 games in a row, I believe, 12 mm-hmm. games now. Um, gets his first goal. Yeah. Great finish. From the Finnish midfielder. See what I did there? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you did. We weren't going to go longer than 30 right minutes. Foot, no? Yeah, right foot off. Hey, and the thing I want to talk to you about, you were a forward who scored a lot of goals in your mm-hmm. day. Moments before, Ibsen mm-hmm. 
has a very similar opportunity. I just made a note of it because I think that would have been the goal of the day if it had gone in. Because all the passing suit goes in. All the passing and then the near post run from Christian and a little dummy from Christian. and and Technique-wise, what was different in the two? Because Ibsen skies his, misses it wide, don't know if it's going over, maybe, yeah. maybe it's t- just under the bar, maybe just over it, as opposed to Rasmus who stays over it and finishes it. Technique-wise, well, what I, was different in the two? Well, I think Ibsen's opening himself up as he comes. And I think the thing was for, for Ras, and this is normally the case, you take more care when it's on your own foot. Technique-wise, because yes. you're thinking, oh, this no, isn't it, normal, yeah, I exactly. need to think about the right technique, and, and then we kick and this. And you concentrate so much on that ball when it comes on your own foot. You know, we, Ras is all left-footed. So when it comes on his right foot, automatically in your head you go, oh, concentrate, get over the ball, keep this down, make sure you're at the target. Whereas when it's on your, your good foot, maybe you're looking where the keeper is or whatever, you know, and that's what normally happens. And But the move for the Ibsen one would have been incredible. Oh, It would, it would have been a great goal. But it's nice to see, they were the first two efforts. We had a probably really good efforts. Yeah. Two midfield players getting in the box, getting ahead of forward. So, you know, I think that with the with Colin Warner being behind them too and giving him a, a sort of defensive shield, it enables one of them to get in the box. And, you know, it was nice to see when a really quick succession, Ibsen should have scored, could have scored, and then Rash does score. Well, I don't, I don't want to take all of the credit, but earlier this week we did show the Rasmus Schuler call your shot. He, I did let him win. Okay. So he was feeling really good going forward, and I think it showed Sunday. Notice you do that a lot, don't you? Let so, people win. Yeah, if yeah. you watch Call Your Shot on yeah. the Minnesota United YouTube page, there's a few of them in there where I, I do that for you, for the team. Uh, I notice my name's not on the official score sheet as an assist, but I'll just pencil that in next to Kintero uh, okay. Nips in there because oh, yeah. that was that was me. Uh, all right, so then it gets tied 90 seconds later. Benny Failhaber scores, but right before halftime. Great response, though. From... The team after we concede that goal because that's what we've done. And we that could have been a backbreaker to tie it ninety and, seconds later. And we've spoke about you know once that goal goes in, you you can't then suddenly go not collapse but go on the back foot and take take all the negativity. I, I just thought that the response was really really good then to see it through, and that's what we did. You know I think, um, as I said, for me finishing the game at five one gave me so much a lot more pleasure than the five. I've got to be honest that it didn't go to 5-2, that it didn't go maybe 5-3, because we've still won. We've still won the three points. But you get so much negativity for the fact that they've scored two late goals. I wanted us to see the game out, and we they did, they defended really well after the goal. It could have been a black eye if it would yeah. have gone 5-2, 5-3. Yeah. Still would have won, but knowing you, you would have been yeah. upset giving up late goals. So yeah. uh, the timeliness of Christian Ramirez's goal and Darwin Quintero, you saw it Wednesday night against the Revolution yep. as Darwin scores before halftime, changes the complexion of the game because then it goes in yeah. 2-0 instead of 1-0. This game, you thought it was going to be 2-1. And then Darwin goes and scores a third goal before. Yeah. I mean, by the way, I will say this. I'll give our video team the props they deserve. They put out a video of match day recap. Incredible recaps. The the game gives you sights, gives you sounds, gives you a different angle than the TV one because there's some down uh, on-field cameras. Scott and Sam shooting that. JJ, great stuff. Um, you can check that on the on the YouTube channel, the the social media channels. But there is a shot of you in particular. Yeah. And I showed you this. You went absolutely crazy celebrating <laughs> the third goal. Did you enjoy that goal quite a bit? I mean, the video looks like you were on cloud yeah, nine. I always celebrate goals because I, you know, I, some more subdued than others, some yeah, bigger than others. But you know, did you know that was a goal that could have potentially? Yeah. Because what the one thing I I knew, and I've just said this before, is 
we would get more chances. And at 3-1, I thought they would now have to really come out and open the game up. And at times in the second half, they went with like nearly two for two at the back. Yeah. And no disrespect, but if you're going two for two and Darwin's one for one, you ain't winning that battle against him. No. Not if we can give, give him the right service. And then it goes 3-1 at half. Then you come out, you talk about timely goals and games. You said the next goal, you said this to me at halftime, you said the next goal will determine this game. Yep. And... There it is, 56 minute. Miguel Labara finds it, makes it 4 1. Then you go on. Great two energy from Miggy again. I mean, the kid's got a third no, lung. But incredible energy to play and follow. And then, because it's a long way back from where he is, he's nearly inside the penalty spot. So if he takes the chance, doesn't get it back, then he's got to run back 80 yards. 80 yards to get in the right wing back position again. Or, or if you just don't make the run, then you only have to jog back 40 yards. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes so, those options no, 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 but, but the, play the, tricks but, on you. But the, the thing is that he's doing that. And he's actually forcing their wide guy to come all the way back with me. If you don't, I'm going to be in. So, you know, these games, all them positions on the field, a little game of cat and mouse with the individual, you know, the right wing back against the left winger. And if you're on top and you suddenly start to get, start to make contributions to the game, whether it be scoring goals or making goals, it makes a huge difference. Last one for you, Adrian, before we go to break. I'm going to name off some names. You tell me what all they have in common. Joseph Martinez. Hadrick in the weekend. Well, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. But I was going to name off more names oh, so, before. So Let me know what all they have in common here. Joseph Martinez, Hatrick, sets an MLS record. Yep. Congratulations for him. Uh, Piatti, Osorio, Trap, Ladero, Siani, Kim, Fanny, Bobby Shuttleworth, Darwin Quintero, Christian Ramirez, and Adrian Heath. You know what those names all have in common? No. On- One, before you say anything. One thing I will do, if that was a team, it would be pretty good. That'd going, be pretty good team, pretty, right? <laughs> pretty good going forward. I know that much. You were getting all the names that uh, you're hoping you can run out at one point in your yeah. career. That is your starting 11 and head coach for the MLS Team of the Week. Oh, nice. With Brent Coleman and Miguel Ibarra getting a cameo on the bench as well. So, congratulations, Adrian. Three well, players in the starting 11, Team of the Week, two on the bench, and yourself as the head coach. You didn't know that? No. And if, if I'm the... If I'm the coach of the week, great. But the only reason I'm coach of the week is because of the work all the players have put in. And well, that's great for them to get a little bit of reward like that. Well, and we'll, we'll I'm really pleased for them. We'll say that's not the first time Darwin Quintero has been there. Already been named player of the week once, team of the week again. Could he be the player of the month? Should he be the player of the month with Joseph Martinez? Could competing? well be. Obviously, a little, you know, depend in the next week, probably. Well, hopefully, yeah. hopefully he goes and solidifies that in Vancouver. That'd and be nice. If he has a big one in Vancouver, maybe he takes it. Then yeah. Surely he locks it up. All right. Yeah. Well, we're having a big one here this week. This is a good episode so far of the Adrian Heath Show. Stick around. Plenty more to come. We're going to talk about new faces in training right now with Minnesota United. One just cleared a medical today. More transfers around MLS. There's a lot of games going on internationally in the U.S. We're going to talk about it all when we come back right here on 1500 ESPN. This is the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. We're in the midst of a good one tonight. Adrian Heath, as always, when we come back, a little bit of bumper music here. You're smiling. I'd be shocked if he missed this. Manny, I think we've given him a layup here. Not only smiling, but full of cake. (laughs) Between the break, we've gone and raided the, uh, the, the kitchen here at 1500 ESPN and found a few donuts and scones. It's all right, I'm not your player anymore. It doesn't matter. Black keys. Black Keys, you got the name of the song? Gold on the Ceiling. Manny, we're, we're, we're giving them layups. Next week, 
We got it. Well, you and I are, we're picking this, Bradley, and we're picking this, and we are going to make this the for sure week you go over three because it's just going to be okay. All that's kind of the, you've never heard of. Isn't it a shame? Like that's kind of like the goal now is like we're trying so hard to make him go <laughs> over three. Right? It really is. This guy is is you're as much as you know about soccer, you might know more about music. It's okay. scary. Certain music, certain music. As long as you didn't say good music, because. Your definition of good music and my definition is very different. You've only got to ask the players that. <laughs> you used to, I used to be the... That, uh, that music in the dressing room before the games. You know when it gets to the stage you're getting older when every song you go, who sings this? Who's this? And then when you find out the name of the group, you're like... I still, I'm still not uh, the wiser. Another <laughs> little. We were listening to little something a minute yeah, ago. Yeah, and yeah. Who's the, yeah, that's that's about right. I used to be the team DJ. And a, lot of, a lot of cover versions of songs that I remember the original from. Oh goodness! They yeah. used to play the original in the locker room on oh, yeah. a cassette tape before. Yeah, exactly. You go out to the forty-five. A forty-five. I don't even know what that is, so I'm guessing that's probably before eight track. Correct. Okay. All right. What was before forty-five? Thirty-three. Are you just saying numbers now? You no, can no, say no. anything. You have the big, thick black things. If you if you drop one on your toe, you broke your toe with it. <laughs> It was. Uh, Did the, you have a vinyl in, yeah, the, yeah. in the in the dressing rooms? I, no, no, we didn't have vinyl in the dressing rooms. I think the, the, the nearest we got was like getting a speaker with one of them, uh, like the Walkman type thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'd have an eight track in the dressing room in the old days. <laughs> That's good stuff. All right, Adrian. Listening to Dean Martin. Dean Martin. <laughs> I do know that. Frank Sinatra. You, you did get me on to Frank Sinatra. I'll give you that. The guy go. is class. He could. He, he didn't struggle, did he? No. Uh, all right. Where we left off, we were talking about Minnesota United. We were talking about New York or New England Revolution. We were talking about LAFC. But now let's switch it up. Let's go a little bit broader spectrum. Mm-hmm. Let's go across the entire MLS, and let's also go across the world. There was a big transfer that we haven't talked about yet. Cristiano. Certain guy named Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Incredible. $110 million. Is that from Real Madrid? Sorry, we'll set this age here. $110 million. He was bought from Real Madrid going to Juventus. Is $110 million overpaying or is that still fair market value for Cristiano Ronaldo? Well, I, you have to put in context the guy who it is. He's 33 years of age, and he looks... Still. Are you talking about the soccer player, or yeah. are you talking about well, the marketing tool? Everything about him. Okay. You, you, you probably, because of the way he looks, the way he acts, you probably, you, they probably signed the most iconic footballer of this generation. Easy. Yeah. You know, last year, still doing it. Scores, I think, how many, I don't know how many goals he's got for Real Madrid. I know he's the all-time regular record goal scorer. But he's like, it's like he's got 50 goals a season for like six, seven, eight years. And obviously, and it does stay in people's minds. He got that incredible overhead kick at, yes. um, against... Um, in the final. No, against... No, um, against, against Juventus. Against yeah, Juventus. To knock him out of the Champions League last year. And the year. whole of the crowd stood up and applauded him, which doesn't happen very often when you're away from home. And I think that had a, a real lasting effect with Cristiano. Yeah. And I think he also realised that maybe my time has come at Real Madrid. He's, did, he's done everything he can do there. He's broke every record. They've just done three times the European Cup. And by the way, don't let's forget, in terms of just pure business... Real Madrid have made more money on a guy they've kept for nine years, ten years, whatever, how long he's been there. Paying him crazy amounts of money a year, yeah. So, you know, I, is it too much on a five-year deal for a 33-year-old? 
maybe when he gets to 38, they might think he might be a bit bit rich for him. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm reading where I think he's going to become the face of Ferrari moving forward and Fiat, you know, Fiat own Ferrari now, but the Agnelli family. So I don't think, uh, I, did I read right? They sold off a million shirts the first day. So this is, I, it's funny you say that. I just pulled this number up. And the number of Cristiano jerseys sold by Juventus in one day, 520,000 jerseys. The total jersey sales in 2016, so two years ago, yeah. 850,000. He nearly sold, there are only about 320,000 less jerseys for the entire year. In a day. In 24 hours. Yeah. And I saw somewhere the value of that was something like $62.4 million. There you go. So, by the way, normally a lot of these clubs now, they're, they're pretty smart. So, They'll certainly get the pound of flesh out of Cristiano for his advertising, for his image rights, for his marketing. And they'll also, for the next couple of years, get somebody who will score goals. And more importantly, and this is the big thing about Cristiano, he scores when it matters. Oh, Every, always in the big game. Big game, semi-final, finals, European Cups, semi-finals, finals. This is the guy who comes up and makes it. Even in this World Cup, Without him, Portugal will probably go out, don't even get through the group stages. I think he scored the first five goals or something for him. I mean, so, just scary how many so goals So is it a lot of money? His... Yeah, it is a lot of money, but, you know, this guy is, is is looking like a freak of nature at the moment because you look at his body, it's, you know, it still reminds me of yours when you're in your pump. <laughs> <laughs> As I just got done getting the chocolate out of my yeah, teeth from yeah. the donut I hate during the break. <laughs> Yeah, just short, just eighteen short months away from yeah. uh, from my playing days and looking like Cristiano. My wife used to get confused. I, yeah. I always joke it's a good thing I met my wife while I was a professional soccer player, or else she would have never been my wife. Yeah, so, there you go. <laughs> you used to run us to death where I couldn't put an ounce of fat on. So thanks for that. Now yeah. I now I miss those days. Um, all right, so we talked about the big world news. Now let's bring it back here to MLS. There's been a lot of trades going on. Uh, very active, uh, Minnesota United. Uh, has brought in two new faces, okay. uh, Romario Obara. You've got a chance to see him a little bit against LAFC. Uh, he was he was coming off a little bit of an illness as well, but you gave him about 12 minutes, 10, yeah. 12 minutes to run out. Um, how's it been in training? Um, you know, what did you think in the first 10 minutes? How do you see that? How do you well, see Romario progressing? It was a little cameo stint from him, really, and we just needed to get a little bit of energy on the field at the time. You know, it was the third game in a week, and obviously there was a lot of tired legs out there, so... By the way, he's 23 years of age. We've got him for five years. This, you know, we, we're it wasn't going to make or break in the no, first 10 the first, minutes. The against first LAFC. 10 minutes okay. in a game that you're 5-1 on. I'm going to change our opinion on him. And we haven't had much chance to work with him individually since because we've had that such a busy week. To understand term, the system. Yeah, yeah. so we, you know, he's been in today. The, we, we gave all the players who played all the minutes two days off. So they will be in again tomorrow. So Romario's been in today and he's he started doing his, a lot of physical work. So, you know, people forget he hasn't really played for six weeks up until coming to us. So he's uh, he's a little bit way, way off yet. Yeah, it's like a preseason for him, if you like. So it, it's going to take him a, a few weeks to get up to his, you know, full speed, we think. And Angelo arrived yesterday. He's, he's been doing medicals all day, so we'll see him at the training facility tomorrow. So, you know, we, we're really pleased that we've got both of them in. We know that they're going to help us moving forward. More competition for places, more pressure on people to play well to keep the places. So, you know, bring the more the merrier for me, really, on that score. Well, so Angelo Rodriguez is here now. Um, he will train tomorrow. Is that mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, but he's not able to go this weekend. He's not available for selection. Not just 
by coach's decision, but by obviously visa rules, immigration, and yeah. everything like that. Yeah. So the okay, so he will be he won't be in contention for this weekend. It would have to then be the following weekend back home against Seattle could be the first time he could be up for selection. Yes, and the other thing with that is now we've got like a real opportunity to get a good nine, ten days of real intense training in him. He's been training with his old team to Lima down in uh, Colombia. So we, we think he's going to be in decent shape. We've been seeing video videos of him, you know, training twice a day. So we think he's going to be in uh, decent condition. So hopefully, you know, as I say, we can get some real good work into him in the next sort of eight or nine days. A few other trades going around MLS right now as we talk with Adrian Heath here on the Adrian Heath Show about some of the transfers in MLS currently going on. Uh, you saw the likes of Kellen Acosta, hmm. big name from FC Dallas, who's been there through the academy about 10 years uh, yeah. in the FC Dallas system, traded to Colorado for Dominic Baggi. What did you make of the trade? Who wins that one? And was Kellen Acosta a guy that well, we, you thought about? I, I think there's not many teams in our league that wouldn't be interested in Kellen Acosta. You know, U.S. national team player, 23 years of age, the that they turned three million down for him last year from PSG, and so it, I think it raised a lot of eyebrows, you know. And, and Badji, I think as a as a specimen, is a real handful, but you know he, he's got work to do to to really hone his craft and fulfill that potential. Yeah, right? yeah. and I think you know I I think that if, if from the outside looking in, and we sometimes we we know a little bit about the deal, but we don't know the full you know, ramifications for what it could be long term. You know, I, I, I think that uh, I, I think I'd like Kellen Acosta in my team. Kellen Acosta is a good player yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been a few other trades. Pat, Patrick Mullins finds his way into Columbus. Then a great one though. What about young Alphonse Davies? Yeah, Alfonso Davies. We were we were building into it, but let's dive right into it. Christian Jack first reported along with I believe Paul Tenorio was in on it. Sam Stakel was in on it. Uh, MLS transfers all everybody on social media has been blowing this one one up. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but Alfonso Davies was left out of the team this past weekend by Vancouver with permission from the club while they were sorting some things out. Carl Robinson, mum on the issue. The reports are Alfonso Davies to Bayern Munich is a done deal. Fee around thirteen million with an entire package that could go up to between nineteen and twenty million dollars, meaning incentives if he plays yeah. a certain amount, if he gets sold on at a certain point. But then the reports are he will be remain with the Whitecaps for the rest of the season. Uh, an incredible talent, 17 years old. Yeah. One of the youngest players in MLS history when he first came in at 15. Your thoughts on Alfonso Davies and the deal? Well, the, the, the kid looks as though he's got unbelievable potential. And, you know, we talk about what, what are the hard things in football to do. The game changers have always been the guy who can pick the ball up, beat two or three people, cross the ball, make a goal, score a goal. That's why they go for the most money. And this kid has blistering pace. Uh, I think it's a great move for the kid because I have so much respect for Bayern Munich as a club. You know, I know people who've worked there and they do everything right. It's probably the model football club. And I also think it's great for the league. To I, suddenly yeah, now, selling you players know, for that much money? Yeah. Exactly. You know, and I, I don't know if you saw today as well, there was rumours that $75 million for Pulisic, maybe Liverpool or Real Madrid. Suddenly, young American, North American kids are getting going for the same type of money that we only associate with the big teams in Europe or the top South American players. Wow, what's the uh, what's the biggest deal that you ever got to negotiate? Uh, you were a record transfer yourself yep. when you went to Everton. Yep, uh, that at the time was a big deal. Yep, 
Um, so it seems so big now. Well, it was, what, just under a million dollars <laughs> yeah. at the time? But a million dollars back then, yeah. geez, no, back in those pounds, days? Yeah, a million pounds. A million pounds. Yeah. That was when the conversion was also a lot higher there, too. But what yeah. was the biggest deal you negotiated one way or the other? Either uh, bought or sold a player for? Well, we obviously at Sunderland, we were involved in players for 10 and 12 million, which at the time we thought, oh, my God, we're spending so much money. This is incredible if this is not right. And then you look at it like 10 years later and the players are going for 100 million, 150 million. It's incredible the way that it's gone. But, hey, you know, market forces, you know, that that's yeah. that's the going rate. And, you know, good for good for um, the Whitecaps. Yeah. You know, I wish wish somebody dropped that type of money in your, in your <laughs> pocket, but I think it's great for the league and it's great for them. And uh, I think it's I think it's really good for soccer in the North uh, North America that people are looking at the players now, the younger players. So you're saying that that offer of twenty five thousand dollars you got from me back in what 2010 that wasn't your biggest deal you ever negotiated? I wanted to give you away. Unfortunately, somebody was. <laughs> Somebody wanted to pay for you. I said, "Let's go. Let's get this done before they change the mind." Before You're like, we what, see, do we have to buy us lunch? Is that <laughs> before we before the guy sees the doctor? Let's get this deal done. Uh, all right, Adrian. Well, when we come back, we're going to preview the matchup against Vancouver away this weekend uh, in Vancouver, which also has ramifications because of this deal with Alfonso Davies. Will he be there? Will he not? Does he stay with Bayern through the rest of the year, like the reports are saying? Does he go join them on preseason for the International Champions Cup? Who knows? We're going to talk a little bit more about that with Adrian Heath when we return right here on 1500 ESPN. Here we go. One final segment for this week's Adrian Heath show presented by Heineken. Adrian, to go three for three. Do you know this one? Yeah. We got to turn your microphone off before you say yes. Yeah. You know it? Go on. What's the name of it? We got him. We finally got Did we him. get him? We got him. You don't know. I do. You don't know Passion Pit? Take a walk? No. No, it didn't get Two it. for three. Put it in the books. Not a perfect week here for Adrian Heath. I love that, Manny. He's still, he's still got a 66%, though. That's a pretty good That's batting pretty average, good. two for three. Yeah, hey, He's on hitting his, like 900 in the last like month or so. That is, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty impressive. Could so do a, Could do again a contract with the Twins. Yeah, that would you, you could go it for some help. serious money there. definitely help with that batting average. Hey, quickly on a serious note here, uh, one thing we wanted to touch on yeah. this Sunday, a um, bit of unfortunate news. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, I, I think our thoughts and prayers from everybody from the coaching fraternity go out to Coach Sperano and his family. Um, never easy. I know how hard these guys work. And you know what it's like as well. It's a very tight community, the coaching world. And uh, as I say, I'm sure the people within that organization, his fellow coaches will feel this. Uh, this will be a difficult one for him to get over. But uh, as I say, our thoughts and prayers go out to all him, everybody, at his family and everybody at the Vikings because this is a terrible, terrible bit of news. Certainly thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. Um, yeah. Okay, as we start to wrap the show up, Adrian, uh, your thoughts quickly on Vancouver. As you head to Vancouver to BC Place, sitting at 7, 9, and 5, uh, we talked a little bit about Alfonso Davies. This will be a big match for your team, won't it? It will be. Um, obviously, loads of threats from different areas. Kai, Kendall Waston, probably the two biggest threats on set pieces in the whole of MLS football. Then they've got... a does Alvonso Davies play? Is the, is the transfer wrapped up? Does he play? Hopefully not. Hopefully he's having a medical somewhere. Give him a week to clear his head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then obviously you've got 
to share a Jody Rainey. So there's lots of threats. They're very good at home. Um, but it becomes a really big game for us now, having, having now only sort of overtaken them, if you like, in the standings. They'll be looking at this as a six, bit of a six-pointer. So difficult game, but hey, we're going there with a lot of confidence. Absolutely. And so as we wrap the show up, as always we do with Ray Cowell's call, and this week we're going to give you the fifth goal the fifth and final goal from the matchup against LAFC this week. Christian Ramirez scores to make it 5-1. Adrian Heath, it is time for you to rate Cal's call. Erasmus Ibarra Ramirez! Ramirez running riots in Minnesota! Cross to Christian. Well, there was, uh, th- there was more to it. We had to cut it because we're on time constraint. It's five. He says it's five. The likes of which you'll never see. Ramirez running rampant. Adrian, an exciting. Yeah, hey, there's your. I just threw my voice I'm in there as well. I'm messing up the button bar. Go right ahead. Sorry. No, hey, it's okay. Put my voice in there. That'll bump it up two points. Yeah, it's a four then. No. That's a four. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to give it a seven. Just because it was f- the fifth goal against LAFC at home to make it a nine point week? Yeah, there you go. No, no I'm, I, I think uh, that. I, actually, we didn't speak much about that goal, but it was a great goal, great interplay. Great one too, and a great care of the pass from uh, was it Miggy? Yeah, yeah, and another big finish from Christian. Hey, a big finish from you, Adrian. He, thank you so much, Manny Hill. Thank Pleasure. you so much. I'm Jamie Watson. Thank you so much for listening to the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken, right here on 1500 ESPN. You've been listening to The Adrian Heath Show, hosted by Jamie Watson, presented by Heineken. For Minnesota United game and broadcast information, be sure to visit 1500ESPN.com and click on the United tab in the Sportswire. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.